So this morning's uh, Dharma talk is titled Deep Attention, Deep Attention. So the surface attention is kind of glancing. We look at it, we look away. Or we, we look at something, we look at something, and we immediately abandon what, we're, what we just gave our attention to and go into our thoughts about, thoughts about. In other words, we abandon, we go into thoughts about what we were, gave our glancing attention to. Glancing attention is very casual. It's extremely arrogant. It doesn't show up with a capital A. It's a little tiny A. I'm not really very arrogant. It's arrogant because it's very disrespectful to everything, to your world, to your environment, and to your own mind, to your own Buddha nature. Cover up, cover up, cover up. So deep attention would be looking. We'll start with the looking part because it could be hearing. It could be smelling, tasting touching. It could be thinking. But let's start with the seeing part, which is my favorite one of the 15 sense seals, or other 14. Look, when you look at something, insofar as you can, don't abandon the blackness of black or the redness of red to go into, what about red? What about black? Why is it black? Should it be black? Should I paint it? Should I, should I, should I? This is just a simple way of showing how that works, because we all know when you see something, you see its color, its shape, its texture, its distance away from you, all the other um, items that arise that give us some kind of an index to what it is, where it is, who it is, who it belongs to, whether it's coming or going, getting larger, getting smaller, and all the relative considerations. But the first thought, or the first thing that happens is what could be stayed with. In other words, it won't get deep unless you stay with the surface. It can't get deep or deeper unless you first look at the surface. And that the reason we don't want to do that is because it's not productive of any particular evidence or information or something that will help us get other things we want. So staying with the surface means that you might have a not knowing feeling arise. This for a meditator is uh, a validation that you're actually looking at something. Because if you look, some, look at something and know what it is, you've actually uh, lied to yourself. You don't know what anything is. You think you know what things are. You're going to suffer. Now, I'm not saying we can't relatively know this is a piece of toast and this is a dead turtle. Sure, you're going to know that. But deeply, they're not really separate. They're not really different. They're not two different things. Same and different. The title of the, the, the what 8th century poem, sutra that we chant, that we alternate with uh, the Hokyo Zanmai, or the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, is called Sandokai. And Sandokai means the equality of sameness and difference. So you need, in order to understand what these incredibly profound teachings that come to us from thousands of years ago are pointing to in their simple expression, we need to, we need to, we could do it right here, right here. When you walk out of here, 10 minutes from now, 15 minutes, three hours at four o'clock this afternoon, you're going to be looking at something unless you're taking a nap, and then you're going to be looking at all the things that arise in that area of the consciousness we call dreams. So as I've said before, and I'm saying now, uh, generosity is, the fundamental generosity is to give, and when I say give, I'm saying give everything your attention. When something arises, albeit negative, neutral, positive, um, uh, or all the nuance, shades in between. Give it your attention and watch what it does. If you just give it your attention, it will not last because everything is changing. 
There's only one thing that isn't changing, and that is not even one thing, nor is it many things, nor is it changing, nor is it not changing. I know, sounds like Zen, sneaky Zen. That makes a good Dharma talk. Sneaky Zen. No, give that. So deep attention would be whatever's happening. Say you've just had a disagreement with someone, is to bring the awareness into that and don't accept, don't reject, don't look away, and look into it deeply. Don't look for a solution because the confused mind is perfectly willing to feed you all kinds of propaganda to just bring it to an end. And that propaganda is based on hope and fear, cause and effect. And speaking of hope and... Mm-hmm. To go deeply into something surface, how does not move? Because nothing lasts. So when you look at something, it, you look at something and you don't add to it, you don't subtract from it, you don't divide, you don't do anything with it, you just look at its apparent... Even, even the idea of a surface is a projection. But you just look at that and it will start to move. It'll start to change. It'll start to open up. When we talk about uh, Dharma gates, your own personal Dharma gate may be jealousy, generalization about it. But, it, it. but anything that's coming up in terms of any kind of antagonism, please don't get rid of the antagonism. Don't get rid of the jealousy. Don't get rid of anything. If you get rid of something, this is right back to the mundane path of trying to get better. You cannot get better. But now if you meet someone who's operating in that area, don't correct them. Don't say, well, you know, you can't get better. Don't be, what is it, a dodo? Dodo, yeah. Don't be a dodo. Don't be a, what's the more, probably more correct, don't be a dumbass. Be, better. <laughs> be a dumbass. Meet the person where they're at. Be kind to them. Be kind to them. Meet them. Realize that they're having difficulty with their world, coming and going. They don't have the wonderful skill that you have. Be kind to them. Meet them where they're at. If they're working on trying to get better, then help them do that. And then at some point, maybe they'll say, you know, this doesn't work very well. What doesn't work very well? This, every time I get better, I backslide. I go somewhere else or something gets in my way. So it's always about communication. And above that, it's about awareness. Open, the open dimension of being where nothing is occurring at all. Just like uh, if you're... If you're yeah, some people who are therapists uh, here, and when you meet someone, it's my recommendation that you use all the skill, all the everything you can to fundamentally help them, what, where they're at. They're not ready to meditate, necessarily. I mean, they might, but that's not something you would necessarily promote to them as some kind of a technique or tool. Techniques and tools uh, are a very interesting area, a very interesting name for things, for things that we use, like meditation is a technique or a or a technology that is ancient, that is about sit down. It's just very simple. Sit down, hold still, and watch what's going on. Watch what's moving. And through this way, because things look solid and dense and boring, but if you just wait, and when I say wait, I'm saying stay there, eventually anything you think is something will change into something else. And then that'll change into something else. I showed up. When we watch, where are we going deep? <clears throat> whatever it would be. It could be your the way your anger or something about something is gets stronger. And if, if you give it more fuel by adding to it, it starts to get larger. If you say, well, they shouldn't have done that. Well, I haven't done anything to them. I've never, all I've done has been help them. And here they are doing, you know, it's just a, it's just a rotating thing. And so when you don't do anything with it, when you just look at it, you start to see deeply into it. Or maybe, maybe all you see is a surface. It doesn't matter. It's not about results. If you think it's about results, if you think it's about ev- evidence, you're going to spin. And I'm not condemning you to anything. I'm just saying that if you think this is something else, then that's the nature of samsara. 
success and failure, success and failure. Or you could say success and failure. More Is heat the tension success? The success and failure is somewhat beside the point. That's samsaric language. I mean, we use it in the, uh, there are Dharma teachers that use it, success on the path and things like that. So, But really to, to not, not have any interest in success or failure uh, particularly would be successful. Not be particularly interested in getting somewhere, being someone else, being getting a bunch of gold stars. This is just a, it's not that that doesn't feel good and that you wouldn't do that with an eight-year-old, of course. But at some point, you have to be an adult. And if you're an adult in this world, you might have to look at some pretty stark situations. One of them is death. This is inevitable. And it can come tomorrow. It can, can, come, it can come in uh, 50 years. And some people, because they so much want control, they can't stand to be. This is an interesting form of egocentrism or narcissism. They so much want control, they're willing to kill themselves to get control. Commonly called suicide. More? Wondering where the motivation to deeply comes from. Wanting to end suffering for oneself and others. And as if you're on the path, you'd want to end others' suffering first. And what is it about that? Uh, because we begin to see the various kinds of causes and conditions. We see the structure of that whatever that situation is, rather than our ideas about it. And we, we see the structure in terms of all kinds of things, um, texture of it. Uh, you, might not, you might see the texture without even saying the word rough. Because as soon as you say the word rough about texture, you've left the texture somewhat and gone into the idea. And if you do that a lot, you, you li- you're totally in your head about everything. And it's, a, it's, a, uh, uh, it's like a, a drawer full of silverware. That somebody's opening and closing and opening and closing. Each one is a different thought. You know what that sounds like? I'm asking you a question. Do you? What's it sound like? Ting? <laughs> <laughs> there was a comedian once that um, said uh, that when, a long time ago, said when she listened to commenting on uh, someone uh, speaking in another language, I think it was uh, Oriental, it was Chinese, Japanese, Korean, I don't know. She said, it sounds like somebody dropped a bunch of silverware on the floor. <laughs> Did you ever hear that? Yeah. Very, very racist kind of humor coming out of the 50s. I apologize to anyone who feels it. I happen to be Oriental myself. I lied. (laughs) (laughs) Since you, you it's a wonderful question. You don't have to stay with anything. Please don't maintain. Maintaining anything is artificial and it won't last. So it's a, it's, if you're having an idea that you're staying with something, you're probably not. You're just having an idea about it. But you're staying with the idea about it. What's actually was originally looked at, uh, you missed the chance to go into the depth of that. I can tell you, I can suggest to you, I can recommend to you what, how it might possibly look like. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. What is this? I'm totally confused. Those things might come up spontaneously, not something you're adding, but just you're looking at it. And you may, out of your own self-centeredness or your own uh, trepidation around your own self-centeredness not being reified by your discoveries, you might have to spend a lot of time not knowing what the hell is going on. If you're aware of delusion, this is awakening. If you fuss with the delusion and try to change it or get rid of it or manipulate it or modify it, this is more delusion. It's just more sophisticated delusion, propaganda. So just stay, just have a willingness to not know. As, as a meditator, go ahead. No. Yes. You have a question. I saw your hand. Oh, you were just adjusting your hand. <laughs> yes, sir. Jodo. What Cody was before encouragement. Are we able to work with encouragement in a way that doesn't play into success? I, th- I think it was just very simple. I encourage people to practice all the time. 
It's probably the main thing I say. I might see things that might not be a good idea. It might be a good idea if they discontinued that activity. But it depends on my connection with with them as to whether I'm going to step into their territory and say, stop that, don't do that anymore. Whereas I might say, uh, to encourage somebody's, someone is having a lot of difficulty with something, I might, their overall situation might look at it and I might just say, don't give up, keep going, please keep going. You're not going to, the area you are on the path is not going to have a lot of uh, fruit and not a lot of uh, recognition or a lot of merit badges or a lot of uh, feelings of getting somewhere. But keep going anyway. If you get discouraged, come and talk to me. Actually, you if you understand what this is, you actually transcend encouragement, discouragement. You transcend the whole polarity. You transcend all polarities. It's, an, it's the very nature of awakening is to not see two things anywhere. And when I say not see them, yeah, you would see them. You just don't believe them. Nor do you disbelieve them, nor do you look away or substitute what's happening for thoughts about what's happening. And in order to function that way, one has to probably spend a lot of time looking at a lot of Yak, 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 coming out of your own mind stream. So is the transcending of the discouragement or encouragement giving up on me? I don't know if it would be giving up on it, but it might be just to be less. When you would name something, it would be very simply a simple pragmatism to need to have a name for it, like trying to name the cat in the garden. You know, you could just call him the tiger cat, the tiger cat. Works okay, doesn't it? So where's the tiger cat? And then you would say, you mean the one in the garden? <laughs> or the one, the one that's meowing is, that's not the one in the garden. That cat has a name. It's named Shen. It belongs to Brittany. And it's trying, it heard me. And it's trying to tell me about that cat. What to name it. And she's, what Shen is saying is, tell that cat to get out of town. <laughs> My garden. <laughs> she always speaks up at the right time. <laughs> Shen. It's quite interesting to be, uh, if you're sitting in here uh, and hear her, or sitting anywhere in the building and hear her at different places around the building and wonder, what's she, what's she talking about? <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. A question from Gilkado up Minnesota. Yes. She asks, is deep attention the same as focus? It can be. Uh, if, if the deep attention is just the deep attention, not deep attention with a motive behind it. I mean, motive you could have a simple motive is just I want to look at this closely, but not some kind of motive that needs a result. Like I need to find out something, I need to have something show up a particular way, I need to to do this so that this will happen or so that that will happen. It's the coming back to square one, as is my teacher used to say, square one. Coming back to the basic point, awareness, awareness. It's always about awareness, not so much about what arises in it. But in order to even know there is awareness, you have to watch what is moving in the awareness. And at some point or points, or maybe no point at all, you'll begin to, you'll begin your focus on things or your attribution or your judgment or your evaluation or your naming will begin to be seen through as uh, maybe transparent. And you'll begin to acknowledge the spaciousness of your life. There's so much space. It's amazing how much space there is. Even, even claustrophobia is spacious. If you if you see what it is, your awareness about the, the awareness about the claustrophobia is what would happen, or what could happen that wouldn't necessarily be just a claustrophobia. Just like the awareness of, of prejudice, not exactly prejudice. If you're sitting and someone uh, 
who you've been taught to, uh, someone of a particular race that you've been ta taught when you were very young to hate or dislike or however you've been told that over and over again. And you might never get rid of that because that's a conditioned response. But what you can do is don't believe it and don't disbelieve it and don't look away from it. And then it, it can't find, it can't find, a, a, what would you, what's a fancy word for someone who holds prejudice? Uh, I know it has, it's the root word is ignorant. So it's probably ignoramus. Someone who is, uh, we probably noticed someone who is actually, uh, uh, actually uh, prejudiced doesn't know it. They will even say, oh, I'm not prejudiced. Some of my best friends are those guys. No, I'm not prejudiced. But someone who actually is prejudiced will be very aware of that. And if they're working to deal with that in an intelligent way, then they won't push away their karma. They won't push away their conditioning. You don't get rid of, you don't deal with condition, conditioning uh, correctly or with skill or with uh, intelligence by pushing on it. Going to, don't go to war with anything. That's painful. Can be because if you have that kind of conditioning happening, it's going to want to, it's going to want an audience every now and then and you need to give it your attention. You need to give it, you need to take care of yourself, be, be with whatever's arising as it's arising rather than add words, ideas, concepts to it. Yes. A question from Shane out in California. He asked, does awareness of what arises change? <laughs> Shen wants to help. She's saying, let's see, can you tune in to her? What is she can you tune in what she's saying? She wants to. She wants to come in and give the Dharma talk. <laughs> I think she wants her mama. <laughs> so I would say it. I would say that using those same words, the uh, you know relative uh, constructs that we use to communicate with words, language, and so on. I would say there's probably some of that maybe going on. We, we could go. We could go deeper into that and 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 see ways in which that does not happen. And we could take it another way and see. Oh yeah, that that does happen. So with language, you can kind of, as you know, watch the news. People can take anything and make it into something else. People can take somebody's statement and make it mean this or that or whatever they want to. Yes. I think you can. This doesn't mean that the ant over in the corner is feeling ignored because so much of your attention is going to everything else. So it's not about something like that, but I think uh, what you do is you, you give everything your attention and you can do it one on one, move from one thing to the other, and it's it's it just happens when there's not much thinking going on. This happens without even doing anything. If you're thinking a lot, then your your thinking is kind of clouding. This is why I recommend the way people practice shikantaza is when you're sitting, hold extremely still, and and don't add. If you do that, you'll see the way you keep adding because you'll see the very subtle movements of the mind to do things to make up things. And the other thing I say is don't do this for very long. In other words, do it as long as you can. You might be able to do it for, sometimes people can do it for an hour. Other people can't, you know, five minutes is a lot to sit, hold perfectly still. But hold still, and then when you absolutely can't hold still any longer, then move. Adjust, stretch your back, you know, look at the ceiling, look out, go, go get some tea or coffee, go out and play with the cats in the garden, and come back in and hold still again. And just keep returning to stillness. Return to stillness. That's all meditation really is. Just returning to stillness. Returning to stillness. And it, it could be like this. This is a little bit more symmetrical from the kind of, uh, we're artificially being still so that we can naturally see what is moving. 
we, we, we can't find the mind, but we can find the body. And so we, we do this and the body starts to take this kind of symmetrical shape. So anything that, uh, that is arising or that consciousness does rather, anything that's rising in the consciousness, uh, if it wants to be something, uh, whatever's arising, it needs to deal with it's coming into a, an incredibly large spotlight and magnifying glass. It's going to be inspected. It's not going to be judged. We're not talking about evaluating anything. So as you're holding very, very still, something moves, that moves, the light coming through the window, the sunlight moves a little bit. We see, we see stillness through contrast. So we set up the contrast of this very still body. And then on the outside, we see a coffee cup being raised. We see someone scratch their eyebrow. We see it through contrast. Everything else is still and there's a little bit of movement. I move this hand, I move this hand. He moves his hand, she lifts her glass. So we see things move. And that same thing applies to the interior. We're sitting very still and we get to we get a front row seat. The metaphor of being right there at the beginning of everything, starting up, starting up, starting up. It's just the, 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 the upside is this can be done. The downside is it takes so much time, so much time. You know this. It takes a lot of time. You have to get yourself to the cushion, slow down, sit down, shut up, and observe. And through doing that, you can forget about me. You can forget about the Dharma. You can forget about everything when you're sitting there. Just observe. Don't add anything if you can help it. And it might take you years of watching how much you add, depending on your karma, in order for that to, that little engine or big engine to eventually start to run down because it gets its fuel from, fuel from being meddled with. I don't want this. I want that. I don't want that. I shouldn't do that. They shouldn't. I should. They shouldn't. It's just endless. It's like a barrage. That's one of the things you might witness at first. Hold very still and watch. But after a while... Um, and who knows how long it's going to take. But after a while, you start to notice everything because you're not focused on anything. This is why I don't teach following the breath or any of the other techniques or particularly uh, doing creation or deity yoga. I do teach it, but I emphasize shikantaza. Sit down, hold still. More? Mm -hmm. We have some time. Not much, but we have some, yes. Excuse me. I think so. If you're, if you're just... If you're, you do it, you give your attention to something. You give your attention, and then at, it's, at the same time, you're, as you give it your attention, you're also receiving what you're giving your attention to. If you look very closely to this, there's an obvious, there's an obvious thing happening here, if, if you're ready for it. If you're not ready for it, you can spend 50 years looking at it. But it's obvious. When I say give everything your attention and receive everything that you've given your attention to at the same time, there's one thing you're going to discover. And that's perception only, which is the teaching of the Yogacara. Not this, not that, not both, not neither. And also the subject here and the object, the receiver or the, the one giving their attention and that which is we're giving your attention to uh, are no longer separate. They never were separate. So you're actually always looking at yourself. The observer is the observed, as Krishnamurti said back in the 1950s. We're out of ammunition. Yes, sir. You could, could personalize it that way a little bit. We'd have, to, we'd have to talk quite a bit about that to see where the question's coming from. Maybe. But I wouldn't personalize it too much. I'd just keep it very, just whatever's arising, just that. Whatever's going down, watch that. Whatever's coming up, watch that. Whatever's doing nothing, watch it do nothing. Any further questions? You said don't substitute. substitute. I think it will. There's no guarantee of anything. Can't guarantee anything. But... Probably if you watch the movement and don't add to the movement, don't subtract from the movement, don't do anything with it, don't go to war with it, 
then it, it needs any kind of movement needs to have energy. And quite often, most of the movement we see in the world is coming out of passion, aggression, and ignorance. That's why it's called samsara and has been called that from even before the Buddha. The, the, the wheel, korlo is the Tibetan word, wheel, life and death, life and death, success and failure, success and failure, the eight worldly dharmas, yes sir. What is movement that doesn't arise from? Save all beings, the bodhisattva vow, whether it's a Buddhist or has a Sanskrit word or anything, just uh, concern for others as if they were yourself, as if they were your own children. The, what's happening as we listen to the news is just astonishing. But it's actually the, the other part about, about the whole thing in the news is now it's becoming just obvious what's been going on for uh, hundreds of years, thousands of years. Just, this is the time for it to really manifest. The, the, good, the, the downside is it's difficult. The good side is any, everything, no matter what it is, comes to an end. And that will too. I just don't know if it would be a particularly good ending. Yes? When we give everything our attention, we're kind of substitute. What do you think? I, I follow you, but I want to see where you're coming from on that. Is there a particular idea you're thinking about? Say more. Uh, you give a lot of we can't focus on it at the same time, yet you are. What what's what substitute that, that light? What's happening? Whatever it needs to. So you're, you're no longer taking a taking a position of wanting something else. You, you, you neither want something else, nor do you not want something else. You're just you're just just presence in. Uh, uh, Tibetan tradition and uh, the way it was trans, the way Trungpa Rinpoche talked about it, my teacher, uh, authentic presence, authentic. It's off, it's genuine because it, it doesn't have any past or future. It doesn't have any wish for something else. It is not uh, getting ready to leave the so-called present for some so-called future. It's just genuine presence. You're genuine, genuinely here. If you're genuinely here, you can't help but be a service to everyone. You may not get credit because of your particular karma, my karma, or anyone else's karma. You may not show up as some kind of fancy bodhisattva, but you're. But you'll know that what you're doing is what you need to be doing. You'll just know it. You won't need anybody to approve or disapprove. Things may move, they may not. The fundamental situation is everything is an illusion. From the point of reality, it's an illusion. We start out with the teaching of emptiness. Things are empty of what you think they are. Yes, sir. Can substitution occur? So when you say no position, that's a relative statement. And so can you say more about when you say with no position? What do you mean by that? Look away. Can that be a substitution? Can something that arises? It could be. But it, but it would be something you would see, and it would be something you would not go to war with. It would be if it arose, seemed to arise out of your own consciousness. There's no one there anyway. You need to be aware of that. Or you, if you aren't aware of that, then... Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Included subtle substitution. Isn't included? What? Is substitution quality included? Is it still substitution? Too many circles. I, I follow you, and I could respond to you, but we'd start to get into scholarly kind of stuff. I would say no. Mm, yes. No. Yes. You know, do you follow me a little bit? Just a little bit. We're not going to find a life raft. We can, we're not going to save the self-centeredness that is totally unreal, ego mind. So there, there needs to be, has to be, could be possibly there could be as a complete complete giving in without a giver. You want to give something, give your attention to everything. You want to receive something, receive everything. Best kind of the best kind of generosity you could say, besides give everything your attention, is to receive everything you see. Don't add to it. Anything that's coming your way, no matter how many horns or claws or flaming red eyes it has, do nothing with it. Don't look away. Don't say hello. Don't say goodbye. Don't do anything with it. Illusion. Illusion. In order for it to 
bite you, scare you, eat you, you have to believe it's true. And like in the physical world, where this is such a slow-moving, solid situation that if a tiger comes after you, you probably should run. Not you, though. You probably could grab him by his whiskers. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're big. <laughs> should we close? And on that note, wrestling with tigers. <laughs> I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that we have in the hallway. We always appreciate and need your financial support. It's a low battery there. We also take PayPal and credit and debit cards.